Hi everyone, uh, Eric Curra here with Deal Town USA, and I am pleased to be joined by the one and only Randy Hahn, Sharks television play-by-play -play announcer. Randy, how's your summer been? It's been terrific, and uh, enjoy living here in South County in beautiful Gilroy, California. It's been a great summer here, but I am ready for hockey, and whenever I get the message from you that we <laughs> need to do this, I know it's hockey season. Absolutely. And, you know, I always pumped up for uh, Sharks hockey. But uh, let's go back to last year first before we talk about everything that's going to be. Do we have to? Oh, uh, I don't want to, <laughs> but, but I, I want to get your experience as to uh, how everything worked out for you. We, when we talked before the season, uh, you know, a lot of COVID restrictions were up in the air. And for the most part, you called a lot of these games. Uh, in a studio or uh, with like a massive big screen TV. Uh, what was that like with you and Hetty? And, and basically once you got to go out to, uh, to the Shark Tank for games, uh, how did that change things with uh, calling a game? Well, it number one was unfortunate that we couldn't travel, but the way the players had to travel last year with really being in a very restrictive bubble, they couldn't leave their hotel rooms, essentially, uh, you know, maybe, maybe try and go for a walk once a day. That was about it. Um, not able to eat um, normal meals in flight, things of that nature, and only traveling within a very small division. I'm not so sure it wasn't a, a blessing that I didn't have to travel last year anyway. As for the actual um, mechanics of doing the games, we ended up doing um, all the home games, I believe, from SAP Center, um, most of them without any fans, and then the last couple, there were a few thousand fans. Uh, and all the road games were done off monitor. And that was a combination of doing them at NBC Sports uh, Complex in San Francisco, which was a long haul, but you have to do what you have to do. Right. Uh, and then we uh, did a couple of games from SAP Center, one of them with a Barracuda game going on behind <laughs> us, which was bizarre. And then we ended up finishing the season for the most part doing the road games from the KNTV studios. And they're, of course, the NBC uh, affiliate in the Bay Area. Uh, so that was a lot more convenient as far as uh, logistics of uh, being closer to where we had to do the games. Uh, actually calling them off the monitor uh, took a, less of an adjustment time than I thought it would. It probably was by the, the second period that we were used to it uh, of the first game. Um, there were a little bit, uh, there were some nuances to it that the average viewer out there wouldn't um, maybe recognize. Uh, there was a, an odd technical um, element to it in that sometimes the audio from the games would be a little bit ahead of the video. And I mean, only by maybe half a second. Uh, so that was actually a blessing for us because we could hear pucks off the post a half second before they actually hit the post. So that was cool. Um, the, the way it was set up as well is that we saw the same video feed that all of you did watching the game. It wasn't like we had a bank of monitors in front of us and we, we had separate things we could see. We saw what you saw on TV. So in some ways, that was better than our usual perch at SAP Center when we were way upstairs in the penthouse when it was kind of tough to see sometimes through all the players when there was a deflected puck that hit a crossbar or a post or went off one last skate or stick last before it went into the net. Now when we were watching it on TV, 
as opposed to being way up top, we're seeing the view of that down low camera. Right. So we actually saw more sometimes by watching it off TV than we would with the naked eye. And it's something I might end up implementing in my future broadcasts, even when we are live on site, uh, to be able to pick some things up off a monitor, because I normally don't look down there except for replays and when we're in intermission or a stoppage. So that was uh, the positive. The negative were things like you couldn't see the trailing referee raise his arm for a delayed penalty. So you had to kind of guess, but you didn't know it was coming. Uh, if somebody blocked a shot, went to the bench, went down the tunnel hobbling, unless the director for the particular telecast was tracking that, then you wouldn't see that in real time either. So that was a disadvantage, not necessarily knowing uh, who was still on the bench or who may have gone to the dressing room. Uh, and, and just, of course, the biggest thing was not being around a crowd and being part of the atmosphere of being in an arena, but that wouldn't have changed calling it off a monitor or being live in most of those cities because most of them were being played in, in front of empty or buildings. So there was some good, there was some bad, um, and as it turns out, we are going to start this season calling all the road games again off the monitor until at least January. Not COVID-related, more technology-related uh, as NBC um, transitions to a new way of producing road games, and it's affecting the Giants and the A's and the Warriors and the Earthquakes and us, so it's not just us. So hopefully by January of 22, we will be back to normal, back on the road, fingers crossed. <laughs> Absolutely, because I, I always hear uh, Ruzi talk about, oh, Montreal, that road trip, or, and just getting out well, on the road. Well, he'll be traveling. Oh, he will be traveling. Yeah, it's radio. It's not a, it's not a, as I said, it's not a COVID issue. It's oh, okay. a TV technology issue. So Rusinowski will still be at Schwartz's eating Montreal smoked meat and a double order of poutine. And I won't be. I'm kind of jealous of the poutine. I love, I love some poutine. That's for sure. Well, you're going to be able to get it in the arena this year. Oh, my, uh, my buddy who owns, um, Augie's in Oakland slash Berkeley, he's been in yeah. a couple of locations there, does Montreal smoked meat and poutine as authentic as I've had it in Montreal, and he oh. will be in the arena this year. Oh, my goodness. I love that place. I went up there in Emeryville every time, you know, I stop off at Ikea. You know, yep. Haven't run into William Eklund yet, apparently. For what, eating season. Swedish meatballs and licorice? Right. <laughs> but I love Augie's. I'm so thrilled he's getting to go to the arena. That's awesome. Cool. Well, something to look forward to Saturday night. So uh, you've got breaking news. Breaking news. Yes, this just, we got to stop tape. We got to record this all. We got poutine coming. Uh, there went my diet. Okay. Anyways, let's get back to uh, uh, this season at hand. Uh bunch of changes going on uh with the broadcast this year you got uh dan boyle uh you know mark smith along joining with brody and and uh brownie uh scott you got scott hannon as well uh and then uh your your old partner drew Armenda jumping on as well i how i, I vague i vaguely remember him um <laughs> that 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 tall guy with with a lot of hair yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, Drew's Drew was he made a few cameos as you'll recall last year uh, via Zoom on the uh, pre and intermission and post with Brody and whoever was alongside him in that particular game. But uh, Drew is is having a more expanded role this year. Uh, he will be on the road for most of the games with Dan Rusinowski on the Sharks uh, audio network on the app, and then he will do uh, select games with Brett Hedekin and I in a three-man rotation, and then he'll do select games just with me, and Brett will move over to the audio network with uh, Ruzi. So it's going to be fun to have uh, my old partner back. I've got a great new partner. I think it's going to be fun the way that uh, everyone will play off each other. And, uh, of course, Drew had a long run with the Edmonton Oilers after he left the Sharks and has stayed very close to the uh, heartbeat of the league. You can't help it when you live in Saskatoon. What else is there to talk about? You know, the, the, the grain coming off the prairie. But um, yeah, so Drew's pretty plugged into what's been going on in the league. And you know, he always has a fresh take on things. And uh, really looking forward to having him back on the broadcast. And it's going to be great for uh, Ruzi as well to have a, a partner who not only knows the league so well, but uh, knows the Sharks so well, especially the past. And, and you, all of you, even with Brett Hedekin, I remember early on when you guys were a three-man group, you guys definitely had that chemistry built together with it. And and I think that's great to, that when it's you and Hedy or you and Drew or the three of you, I think that's the cohesionist and, you know, big props to you to making it all happen on that part. Well, thank you. It's It's been uh it's been fun uh, with all the different partners over the years. I think I've had, believe it or not, around nine or 10, uh, some with very brief cameo appearances. Uh, if you go back over the years to the Dennis Hulls and the Pete Stemkowskis and the Steve Conroyds and Drew and Hetty and so on and so on. Uh, and even last year, Scott Hannon doing a few yeah. games with me as well. So it's been fun to, to work with a lot of different people. Uh, and it's going to be great to be uh, reunited with Drew and Hetty in the three-man booth. Is there a, is it just a nice smooth transition whenever anybody steps in or do you kind of like, well, with Hetty, I know he likes it this way or. Um... Yeah. You know, I think everybody does have their own uh, little nuances, the way they do the job. Um, and you just have to, uh, it's, it's like anything reps is the thing that, that makes things smooth. And the more games you do together, the smoother you get. I remember when Drew and I started out, it wasn't necessarily that great and wasn't necessarily that smooth. We knew each other, but we hadn't worked with each other a lot. But after a year or two, we, we got a pretty comfortable uh, vibe going and ended up working together for 13 seasons. And according to what I've heard and read over the years, some fans actually liked it when we did the games uh, together. So um, it'll be fun to see how that all comes together again this year with Hetty and uh, and also with um, Ruzi and, uh, and Drew on the uh, audio network. Yeah, and I was just going to say on the audio network, you're also going to be contributing uh, on the audio side on occasion. What do you got planned uh, on there for this season? You know, we've already done a season preview. Uh, we have a, a show in the hopper, the top 10 regular season goals in Sharks history that Dan and I did kind of taking a trip back on memory lane. I think we're going to do some more of those best of shows. I think we're going to have some alumni shows uh, where we just – you know, sit down and talk to uh, a Sharks player of the past that everybody wants to hear again uh, from, uh, you know, the glory years. 
of the last 30 seasons. Uh, there's lots of different things we're going to do. I think we'll probably end up doing some roundtables with, with Drew and Hetty and Dan, where we just sit around and, and uh, shoot, the, shoot the breeze about what's going on with the team or a particular topic. But there's an endless number of things we can do. It's something that's it's really going to roll out in a bigger way this year. Uh, Ted Ramey, who, uh, of course, has been uh, involved uh, with the Sharks now for a couple of seasons, and you hear on KCBS Radio doing sports, um, he is now our producer of that network and contributor. Oh. So it's really uh, being kicked up to another whole level and kind of make it one-stop shopping for Sharks fans uh, when they can't be at their TV, uh, or even if they are and have, have the two devices going, uh, they can be on the, uh, on the Sharks app at the same time. Uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that. The more Sharks content, the, the better, for, indeed. Um, is there one player, one former Shark, that you haven't had a chance to talk to yet that you want to? Well, you know, there's there's so many in the past that you'd like to take the deep dive and, and go into it with. And there's even some guys around who I'd love to be able to get to open up about about the good old days. And Mike Ricci sticks out for me as one of those guys. He was never a very good interview on TV. Uh, he is just very standard um, stock answers. And, you know, you kind of got the feeling that he wanted to get it over with sooner than not. Uh, and I'd like to be able to sit down with them in an audio only situation where there's a lot less pressure and there's no camera and lights and all that, and really talk about those years with the Sharks. I'd love to talk to Tay Mussolini again, uh, spend some time with him. I'd love to break it down with Igor Larionov. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, Evgeny Nabokov is around, and he has seen so much over the years, not only with the Sharks, but before that when he was in Russia, and then he went on to the Islanders uh, and, and, and beyond. Uh, there's just so many players that, that you could easily do a half hour with. So I hope that's something that uh, we get a chance to do a bit of as well. But it's, you know, once the season starts, it gets a little tougher to have the time carved out of your schedule to uh, generate that programming. But the fact that uh, Brett and I won't be traveling for probably the first three months will allow for a little more time. And hopefully we can knock out some of those interviews and uh, get them up on the program because I think fans want to hear from those players too. Absolutely. I mean, I, for me, I've been a fan since day one, as you know, and you're going back from the days of Ray Whitney and Pat Falloon to, you know, the offline to, Nolan Ricci, Dom Foose, Friesen, all those guys to now, uh, it would be great. And I, I look well, forward and I, to it. You know, I think we could even, I could even do a half hour with Drew, who was an assistant coach uh, the first two seasons with the Sharks and, and just talk about all the crazy things they had to go through <laughs> by having to play at the Cow Palace and, uh, you know, being an expansion team, a real expansion team yes. for the NHL. They didn't throw you any bones back in those days. Heck, they even took the first pick away from us, which would have been Eric Lindros. <sighs> um, and, and after Pat Falloon uh, and, and Ray Whitney, you know, there was a lot of uh, players in there that uh, didn't last very long in the NHL, as opposed to now where, uh, you know, the, the expansion teams like Vegas five years ago and now the Kraken have had much better teams right out of the gate. So that would be a good half hour too. I never thought of that. We should probably just do one with Drew about those first two seasons. No kidding. Yeah. That would be fun to look into it. As for the team, how excited are you like for guys like William Eklund to get a, a chance uh with the big club early on. I'm, I'm, I'm guardedly excited. Uh, you know, he is 
he just turned 19 a couple of days ago and it's so hard to break into this league at a at a tender age you know patrick marlowe was able to do it uh, he was 17 at training camp his rookie year and you know just turned 18 uh, before the season started and you know daryl sutter was the head coach and you know daryl i think back in those days was certainly one of those you know old school coaches who believed that you know, veterans win you championships and rookies get you fired. Uh, but Patrick was able to, you know, um, battle through and play a big role in that rookie season. It's not going to be easy for William. He's uh, he's extremely talented. He has a great hockey mind. Uh, he's probably still growing into his NHL body. And that's going to be a concern when the rigors of playing the way these players have to in an 82-game season and all the travel and the back-to-backs and, and, and all of that uh, come into play. So I'm excited to see what he can do in his first nine games. And after that, the Sharks will have to make the decision whether or not he sticks. But uh, what we've seen so far obviously has been uh, exciting. And, uh, you know, I wish him the best, but I also think about things of, you know, starting the clock ticking on that entry level contract with True. a player of that age. Uh, if, and I don't know if you can even have a determination after the first month, if the sharks are going to be a good team this year or not, do you want to burn a year of that contract in a year when you probably, uh, or when you might not you know, be in the mix for a playoff spot or would be would it be better to wait a year, have the player grow a year, have another year in Sweden and dominate again, as he did last year? Uh, you know, and those are all decisions for Doug Wilson slash Bob Bugner to make. But in the meantime, we'll get to watch him for a while. And uh, it'll be it'll be up to William Eklund as to whether or not he sticks beyond those nine games uh, in the way he plays and adapts to the, the best league in the world. No matter what happens, it's going to be a, a interesting, fun year, even with Hurdle, Couture, the, the whole gang there. So I look forward to it. I look forward to your call. Randy, as always, I appreciate you, good sir. Thank you so much for taking your time to do this. Can't wait to see you at the tank on Saturday. My pleasure, Eric. Uh, always good to be on with you. Uh, we have a uh, we have a standing annual appointment in this uh, <laughs> week of the season's beginnings. Great to be on. Appreciate it. Thank you.